0: Stargazers, welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take a topic that is either related to the topics of astrology or to the topics of romance or relationships. I look at it under the lens of synastry astrology, otherwise known as love or relationship astrology. I am your host, Sandra Isaac, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me today. So before I get into today's episode... I do have to say, I do have to kind of pause and reflect as to what went direct this last week and what went retrograde this last week. Again, too, if you guys have direct or um, or retrograde stories as well, too, what happened in your week, please feel free to share them in the comment section down below of this podcast, wherever you're you're getting this podcast from, or feel free to reach out at my Instagram page. Uh, Sandra.Mizek or at my email address at Mizek, M-I-S-E-K, dot Sandra at com. But we'll begin with the direct. So this week, what went direct? I think two things, really. Um, so I'm going to mention the first thing since it just, uh, my decision of this happened exactly this, around this time last week. So uh, when it has come down to Bravo, as you guys may or may not know, I do like the Beverly Hills Housewives or the Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I have liked the uh, Bever- the, the Real Housewives of franchise. However, after uh, last Sunday's episode of The Real Housewives of Potomac, I really was extremely disappointed And I've been extremely disappointed with the franchise this whole last year, mainly because whenever Andy Cohen states, oh, well, Bravo doesn't condone violence, I say that's baloney on Andy Cohen's part, because um, kind of like last Sunday, there have been at least three or four different shows where the ladies have been baited against each other to get into physical altercations, or usually what ends up happening is a close physical altercation. This was not a new situation with the Real Housewives of Potomac last week. With that situation, I decided to boycott Bravo. And you know what? In all honesty, in boycotting Bravo, it's been freeing up lots. I think the, the direct for me is that it's it's freeing up lots of time for me. Like this evening, I get to do other things with my time that's far more constructive than sit around and wait for a television show that just promotes toxicity and negativity. And, um, unfortunately with Potomac, I mean, I think the comments in the fan sites and the comments from last week's episode say it all, um, you know, from fans, it's just, uh, it it was just really appalling. I really did not care for it. It turned me off. Um, so I, like I said, I just, I like having this abundance of now this, all this time to do something constructive. So, you know, getting away from something that's negative. So I would say that's, that's definitely a direct in my view. The second thing that went direct, obviously, because we just celebrated the wonderful holiday of Thanksgiving, just being able to see my relatives on my dad's side of the family, uh, which I have not been able to see for the last two years. Actually, I did get to see them last year. But unfortunately, uh, um, due to tragic circumstances, it wasn't the best of meetings. So I was actually very happy to see that uh, my relatives on Thanksgiving, under better circumstances, also on that note with the tragic situation, it, w- it happened to my cousin's son. My cousin's son last year had passed away um, during winter solstice. He was just a mere 31 years old. He was my baby cousin. But I was so happy to see his mother doing so well because, I mean, she was almost like almost crawling on the sidewalk with grief the last time I'd seen her. So I am so glad that she's doing well, that she's looking hopeful, that life is looking hopeful for her, that life is looking up, even though there are some challenges ahead, Um, That, you know, basically she's making, she has like the best positive outlook I've ever seen. And she's really making a lot of progress, too, um, I have to say. And, you know, when it comes to her own mental health and the grief stages. So I wish, I continue to wish her the best of luck. It was so great to see her. And above all, I wish my whole family the best of wishes. And I just hope that they remain and continue to stay well. Um, Well, kind of speaking of the second part of what went retrograde this last week. Um, So at the family gathering, my aunt actually has a neighbor that used to live across the street from her. I've seen this lady a gazillion times. I don't know her name, but what I do know is that she is a braggart. And what I do know is that she talks over everybody in a whole entire room in order to gain attention, which, you know, we, we, everybody, you know, when you have a big old family gathering, when you have a big old gathering, these things tend to happen. But one thing that really did not about did not bode well for me at all is when she started in, I think my other cousin, she just had a daughter. Her daughter was born in January. So is she, and uh, so is her mother, and so is this lady. So this lady was bragging about how Capricorns are the best and everybody else sucks. You know, I, I'm sure we've all done this at one point or another where we we meet somebody of the same sign of ours, the same sun sign as ours, and sometimes we might get into, yeah, we, are, we rule everybody else sucks, but um, this lady, I think what was really obnoxious about it was She went on how Capricorns are the best for like a whole hour. And how I see this, I I think it's fair enough to say that I take astrology very seriously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be hosting this podcast. The way that I see it, um, you know, if you've found your sun sign and you found yourself in your sun sign, more power to you. I'm happy for you. Really, I am. That's really great. But to take this, my sun sign rules. The rest of you suck, is very destructive, for a matter of reasons. First off, you're undermining astrology. You're undermining the fact that astrology has a dual purpose. It's not just about self discovery and discovering your own sun sign. It's also about you know self discovery with discovering your own chart. What else comprises you? You're not just again this with this lady. This is um, kind of epitomizes this lady. She thinks she's just a Capricorn. She thinks she's a pure Capricorn. Actually, I looked up her chart. She's got a lot of aspects in Aries. So she's not just a pure Capricorn. So I mean, you know, when you look up yourself and you, you discover yourself, you're discovering yourself not only through your sun sign, you're discovering yourself through your birth chart. That's one way of astrology. That's one way in which astrology works for us. The second way, though, that people tend to miss the boat on, and this lady certainly did, is that it's also how we get along with others. It investigates, it kind of forces us to investigate how we get along with others. Or it just kind of challenges us, so to speak, to investigate how we get along with others. And I found it kind of funny. This lady kept complaining that she can't meet a Virgo, she'd love to meet a Virgo, she has a Mediterranean or a Taurus, somebody under Taurus, and she'd like to meet a Taurus. And I almost jumped up and literally almost screamed back at her. It's like, is there any reason as for why? I mean, when you say that your sign rules, everybody else sucks, you shoot yourself in the foot when it comes to meeting new people. You shoot yourself in the foot when it comes to meeting people in general. Okay. Because it's a very elitist attitude. And astrology has no place for elitism, so let's just say that that little bit bothered me. The other little bit that bothered me, because this lady has a lot of Aries in her chart. Obviously, Aries the shadow side of Aries is that you're a braggart, or sometimes you know, Aries uh, people can be braggarts. Um, And she was definitely displaying that shadow side big time. You know, she has has her Moon, she has her Sun in Aries. She has a couple of aspects in Aries as well, too. But, um, you know, in bragging and carrying on and being brash and being loud, other, the other shadow sign of, you know, the other shadow attributes of Aries, what really annoyed me was that she was giving Capricorns, I, you know, I know of many Capricorns, believe it or not, even though I'm a Leo and Leos don't get along with Capricorns if we're just going to take sun signs into account, you know, I'm a Leo and yes, I know many Capricorns and I respect many Capricorns. And what this lady was doing with her behavior and with her words and her actions was that she was giving them a bad reputation. You know, I've known many wise people who are Capricorns. And, you know, many typical Capricorns, they don't sit there and brag about their accomplishments as she did on Thanksgiving Day. It's like, oh, this was successful for me. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, Let me make another goal. See if that becomes, you know, let me climb up to this other goal, take the success with me and see what the success teaches me about reaching, reaching, ah, goodness, my, 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 my tongue is tied, about reaching this other goal. And then when I am done with this other goal and I'm successful at that, well, let me make another goal and try to reach towards that. You know, with Capricorns, they're constantly striving towards their goals. They're constantly meeting challenges and they're constantly, they're too busy to actually set their new goal and meet their new goal that they don't have time to brag. And you know, with a lot of Capricorns, I actually um, have sat down with them. You know, I usually sit down with Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces because they are the elders of the Zodiac. And, you know, I learn a tremendous amount from them. And I have this lady who is just an absolute bragger and a narcissist, possibly dark triad personality going on in her own, you know, wild, ugly personality. You know, she put a bad reputation on those Capricorns and on those individuals who are also in Capricorn. And it just, let's just say the whole, the whole situation kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth, not also to boot. She also knocked my podcast as well, too. So I think with this lady, um, you know, when we come up to a retrograde situation in life, just like kind of like when we come to a retrograde planet, we learn a lot. And I just felt like with this lady, she pushed me to learn a lot as to how to deal with people who have narcissistic personality disorder and possible dark triad personality disorder, and how to push through. And I think the best thing that I did for both her as well as for me was to ignore her for the rest of the night. You know, when I ignored her, it seemed like she got the message that she was pushing the envelope, that maybe she was drinking too much, and that she was saying the wrong things. And also because she's a, an attention monger, um, it, kind of, it kind of caused her to derail a little bit. So I think, you know, in order to preserve my energy, my good vibes in the future, if she's at any family gatherings, I'm just going to ignore her because I just, I just think that she, she's just there to wreck the party. She's just there to give bad stuff. She just has like bad negative energy around her. And until she can fix that, I mean, that's just the way she is. Let her be just kind of like a fish out in the sea. Just let her be. So that's those are kind of the the, um, the direct and retrogrades for my week, and like I said, stargazers, if you have anything that is similar or you have any direct or retrograde um, stories from the week, please feel free to share. I'd love to hear that. Also, stargazers, um, I for next week's episode, I really could use your opinion. I really could. So I, po- I just posted this question on astrologyweekly.com. I also posted my question on Instagram. Um, that is, again, sandra.mizek. And I could really use your opinion. So, again, the question is, do both genders of the same sign behave differently? So, like, for example, do Leo men, are they a little more dramatic than Leo women can be? Are male Aries a little more ambitious and steadfast than women Aries can be? Are Mentorians a little more um, focused on monetary funds and gaining that, as opposed to where Torian women are more, um, a little more concerned with maybe making major decisions and making the important decisions? Um, or is it about the same? You know, and whether it is yay or nay, it's like no, I don't see a difference. Or even if it's like, yeah, I do see a difference. This is how, you know, I would love to hear your input. This will be my research for next week's podcast, which will be covering the differences or that which will be covering whether or not both genders display differences in their sun and moon signs. So definitely if you uh, happen to be on astrologyweekly.com and that post happens to be approved, I th- I just submitted it. So I think it's still under approval. But if you do happen to visit astrologyweekly.com, you see my name and it's under S. Mizek. And you see that question, please respond. I really would love to hear your opinions or hop on again to my Instagram page or my email address. Definitely give me me your opinion. Um, what, What do you guys think? I would really love to hear from you. All right. So after this very long introduction, I love it when I do that. Well, guess what time it is? Guess what time it is? Yep. As of the 23rd of November, the sun had shifted from the depths of Scorpio to Sagittarius. So this week's topic is on Sagittarius season. And what we are to expect or what we should expect, what are key themes that we expect when it comes to our relationships, how this sun's shift will affect relationships and what to expect of them. So, you know, I know a lot of the beginning of this uh, podcast, this episode was on me a little bit. But, you know, I usually gauge the seasons with how people react towards me, whether it's at work whether it's on walks, and I do have to say that um, with both situations, I haven't seen any sort of reactions. It's kind of like people are kind of in their own self-contained units, you know, when they're walking their dog. It seems like, you know, at work, there's a lot of just self-containment. The only shift that I had seen was actually within myself. Um, I'd seen where you know, especially with late Scorpio season where we are shifting from being like, for me, it was like being really willing to go very deep inside myself to find out truths about myself, about how I'm handling situations, truths about how I can really resolve some of these conflicts and some of the the situations that were going on at that time and really plumbing the depths that we had seen last season with Scorpio to now a shift in, well, I would like to do something fun. And just out of the blue, I think I came up with, you know, rock climbing, going to a rock climbing gym. Um, and it's not the first time that I've had this out of the blue moment, but uh, I kind of felt like being in Sagittarius season, it was kind of about right um, for me. And, you know, kind of, it kind of progressed naturally as to the first point of what to expect with relationship season. And that is when it comes to relationships, um, as, as an established couple, it's going to be shaking things up. I think that's going to be the main theme, whether you're in an established relationship, whether are in a long-term friendship, whether you're part of a friend group, whether you're in a working space environment, there's going to be a lot of just shaking things up and um, really doing things new. As a married couple, it may, or as somebody who is dating, it might be foregoing the usual date night where it might be the candlelit at dinner at the French Bistro down the street. It might be foregoing that and actually opting for the fusion restaurant that's actually down the street from the French Bistro. I cannot say French or Bistro this evening. My goodness, so sorry. Um, but, yeah, it's like you might want to try out the fusion restaurant that's further down the street and, you know, check that out and experience that as a couple. Or as opposed to doing dinner and a movie – Maybe going to a, um, a theater show, like maybe going to um, a theatrical show, or also um, doing something like not just any theatrical show, but maybe going to something like, um, this has been playing around the Denver area, but it's David Burns Theater of the Mind, like maybe checking that out, or checking something that's just about as, uh, you know, centric and kind of offbeat, As that, you know, just to kind of experience something new, you know, just kind of shaking it up a little bit. Friendship groups, um, kind of like my experience this last week in shaking things up, um, as a friendship group, you and your friends may feel like you might want to do something like, you know, rock climbing, um, going to a rock climbing gym. You guys may want to shake things up by, you know, maybe zip lining. Um, you might want to even do something more subtle, like if you have a book group of the week or you want to start one, that might be something that might be a nice subtle shift because Sagittarius, you know, they're not only just about physical adventure, they're also about adventure of the mind. So, um, you guys may want to start like a book group and with that, you might want to experience or kind of, you know, investigate different fun theories, you know, like theories of the Enneagram and whether or not that actually does psychologically affect our personalities um, of astrology, like, right, what we have here or, um, you know, anything that's really kind of off the beaten path a little bit. You know, maybe there's something in psychology that's really interesting, you know, um such as, you know, investigating rare personality disorders that have come up over the years. Or just like I said, something really kind of off the beaten path. Or, or like I said, too, also reading maybe if you have a, a book group, maybe reading something like Wild by Sher- uh, Cheryl Strade. You know, something that really encompasses travel. And then it encompasses something that's really new and that's not something that's usually within your own, the, the typical genres that you guys usually pick. So, again, it's it's like it's kind of like with Leo season where we're kind of spicing things up, shaking things up. With Sagittarius season, it's all about kind of shaking it up a little bit and just kind of endeavoring on those new adventures a little bit. And, you know, kind of um, zesting up the relationship in the process by doing that something new. I think along the lines of intimacy as well. Too, this is also a great time to investigate. Like, say, um, the two, like, if you're an established relationship, if you guys have been thinking about certain sexual positions that you've wanted to try out and experiment with, and haven't really been getting the courage to do so, or haven't really been wanting to do so. This is a perfect time to try that out together, you know, try experimenting together. As I've said, Stargazers in the past, and I'll say it again, just as long as it's consensual, I think that this is like a great time to even start experimenting in intimacy and what that really, what feels good, what feels new, what feels fresh, and then also what feels good for you guys. Now with Sagittarius season and with the archetype of Sagittarius, um, so while Sagittarians are known to pack their bags in the middle of the night and go to like a really great trip, such as to like go to Kathmandu within 24 to 48 hours and just kind of take that trip just out of out of nowhere, you know, normally it's not just a frivolous, you know, so kind of shaking things up, doing something new. It's very, um, so Sagittarius can be very, a little bit like Gemini, what Gemini season will be like in uh, May to June. Um, but there are like, again, there's the subtle differences between these two signs, because even though they're opposites, they're very similar to each other. But I think with Sagittarius, the big thing about shaking things up and doing something new is to, you know, again, expand Your worldview. So, kind of themes that deal with their ruling sign or their ruling, sorry, ruling planet of Jupiter or their ruling house of the ninth house, just really, you know, expanding your mind and really expanding your worldview. Like um, when the Sagittarian goes to Kathmandu on 24 hours worth of notice, it's not just, just because, you know, they want to maybe experience what life or death situations look like by scaling a mountaintop. They might want to learn a different culture, you know, what a different culture is like, how this different culture operates similarly to our culture, how they're a little bit different, but how that difference that different nuance kind of really shapes this individual in general, how it can shape our culture to be a better culture or shape the individual to where it enlivens and enriches their soul as well too. Because as you know, I kind of believe that when we learn about backgrounds and cultures that are different from ours, we don't just enrich our minds. We also enrich our souls. And I feel like that's definitely the motto or that's definitely a very Sagittarian theme. So when you do something new, whether you're within the friendship group, you're um, like, if you've found yourself kind of like, a, a similar to, similarly to how I found myself in 2018. Um, so a little brief story, my boss in 2018 of the barbershop that I was working for decided that because there were a lot of arguments and that there was a lot of chaos between my coworkers. I tried to stay out of it, but there were a lot of coworkers who had a lot of drama. She decided to go, you know, for right within Sagittarius, it's right within Sagittarius and for the holiday season. She wanted to go to an escape room and have everybody kind of work together and try to build up teamwork. But I mean, again, um, even though uh, escape room is very fun, bold, out of the blue, um, again, the the learning there is how do you guys work together as a team? You know how can you respect your coworker um, and what sort of insights from the escape room did you glean from working with your coworkers in this tight and really tense environment is what I would say. Or if you went rock climbing you know to a rock climbing gym with your friend group, what did you learn from the experience? You know, did you learn how to like maybe grip with your fears, like kind of something similar to what I would be going through, which is learn how to deal with your fears of heights and how to persevere anyway? Or was it like how you got, you know, maybe how you and your friends may have bonded over how somebody didn't, you know, almost accidentally fell or didn't really make it to that last rung. And you helped that friend up, even though you might not have agreed with that friend in the friendship group normally, or you normally don't agree with that friend in the friendship group that, you know, you kind of strengthen that bond by helping him or her up as well too, you know, on date night and going to that fusion restaurant, maybe, you both can experience and really heighten your relationship to a new level by, you know, seeing how, you know, normally at fusion restaurants, there are two different cultures of food that are blended together. So, you know, if it agrees with you guys, um, definitely exploring like how this agrees and really kind of exploring that together. Or also if it disagrees, if it's like, you know what? I prefer that French bistro down the street. You know, again, you're experiencing that together and you're kind of seeing like what exactly disagrees with you. Like maybe, maybe the foods, there's, it's a good concept. It's an interesting idea, but the foods that are presented might clash a little bit. And just, you know, having that critique together can heighten and not only enrich the relationship experience, but also, you know, enrich the experience as well. What have you learned from the Fusion restaurant? Or what have you learned from seeing something like Theater of the Mind by David Byrne? I smile every time because I share eccentricities with David Byrne. I, I, I love him so much, but... Uh, you know, something like theater of the mind, what what did you guys learn? Did it, you know, did it expand your mind or or was it just flat out weird to you guys? And if it was weird, what made it weird? And, you know, again, with Sagittarius um, season, it's really a way to just kind of open up as to, you know, open up our worldviews and what we learn by being more expansively minded. I kind of like in this period of time to being like the college freshman. So, you know, so like somebody is just eighteen, they go right into college, and they're learning and expanding their worldview and their mind with different subjects and different theories that they've never learned before in high school, or in, or they would not have ever encountered before in their lives. And Sagittarius season is very much like that with relationships. Just um, how. You come out with your whole worldview of relationships are also experiences as well and what they, what they teach and what they bring to you and how does that enrich your life a little bit more. Or better yet, to enrich your soul as well, as mentioned with the, the Kathmandu um, example. The third theme that I'm thinking of, or the third theme that I'm, I'm kind of seeing, so um, the whole archetype of Sagittarius is that of the lone centaur, obviously pulling back that arrow and shooting it towards the heart of Scorpio. But my um, emphasis, so while we covered mind expansion, hence that arrow and seeing where it goes, the centaur's preoccupation with seeing where the arrow goes, and you know the fact that the the centaur is ready for adventure ready to run after that era i think the third thing is that sa- that um the centaur is actually independent in the zodiac you know it's not like libra where there's two scales that are being that are that are kind of melding into one to find balance it's not like Pisces where there are two fish who are investigating both the physical world as well as the ethereal world. Um, you know, it's it's like I said with the centaur, it's like he's very independent. He's on his own and he has that independent spirit like, yes, I'm, I'm going to chase this arrow and only I am going to chase this arrow. So while this seems like a contradiction in this uh, wonderful season, I actually think um, a lot, so this is going to be interesting for Sagittarius season. I actually think that a lot of first house issues are actually going to start coming out in the relationship. Even though the first house is related to Aries, um, I actually see like with the the level of independence, it's going to be, you know, how do I function as an individual away from the relationship? But then uh, you know, conversely, how do I function as the whole of the relationship? And how do both experiences enrich me in the process? And also, how does me, being an independent person in the relationship, enrich the relationship in general, too? What do I bring to the table? And with that said um, it I won't be surprised if there are a lot of relationships, whether it 's in friendship groups, whether you're going on a date with somebody you're kind of establishing a serious relationship or you're married and you've been in a very committed relationship for a while I wouldn't be surprised if this theme starts coming up where it's who am I um, outside of this you know so what we usually think of relationship is that We're sacrificing ourselves for the other person, and we're we're sacrificing our needs, our wants for the relationship. And this time I feel like, or this time of the year, it's going to be, no, let me step back and let me see what I need. You know, what are my goals? What are my dreams? What are my ambitions? And really investigating that a little further. Um, One example that I have of this situation is, you know, even though I was invited to, I I remembered I was seeing a guy at one period of time in my life and uh, he wanted to cook dinner for me at his house, which I thought was nice. But in the process of, I just, I just kind of felt like, you know, he kept me waiting a lot. You know, he wanted me to wait around the phone for his phone call to come over. And I just kind of thought there was this one particular night where I'm just like, I'm done waiting. And so I ended up, I was studying the cello at the time. And I loved the sound of the cello, especially when I played it, especially how the notes reverberate through the instrument. But I just said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to meditate with the cello for a little while. Just going to let the the notes kind of guide my meditation tonight. And I'm just going to spend some time in the here and the now with me you know, and with this, this, uh, instrument of choice. And, um, you know, I just, I kind of got really wrapped up into it. And lo and behold, the phone call came unexpectedly. It was like, for me, it felt like in five minutes worth of time, the phone call came unexpectedly. I actually found out it was like one and one half, you know, an hour and a half later, you know, and, um, the guy, you know, expectantly said, well, you can come over, come on over, please. But, um, I mentioned this example because it kind of epitomizes the being independent as opposed to being in the relationship, um, instead of waiting around the phone, waiting for this guy to call, waiting for us every back in need, or, you know, having, you know, trying to read his mind, now was kind of sitting back and seeing who am I in the relationship. And then I just felt like that night when I went to dinner with him at his house, I brought like a sense of calm and a sense of Zen. I just felt like the sense of calm and this Zen place in me. And I feel like that's what I brought into the date and brought into the relationship that particular night. But uh, um, when it comes to Sagittarius season, what I recommend that, you, that every partner do, um, even if you're like in a friendship group or also if you're in a working relationship as well too, Find out your own needs, your own goals, your own dreams, your own desires. I think that's what Sagittarius season is going to challenge us to do. And actually like spend some time with them and see what ha- you know, spend some time, see what, what you learn when it comes to your own endeavor and then see what you bring to the relationship uh, as a whole when you guys come back together. And I feel like that's Sagittarius's main lesson there. Um, I also feel like it's going to be similar when we come to Aquarius season as well, because Aquarius harps on independence as well. But um, for Sagittarius season, with these adventures, also seeing who you are in regards to the relationship and finding a little more autonomy and independence um, away from each other and not relying on each other a little too much. Um, since that's what we all are prone to doing. Um, like I said, we all mistake relationship as we need to sacrifice ourselves and we need to just be a part of this cohesive whole. All of us, every bit of, every bit and single inch of us has to be a part of the cohesive whole. And that's not always the case. Um, I feel actually even relationship experts state that the more that you assess and the more that you guys can acknowledge your own goals, as well as each other's goals, the healthier the relationship can be. So um, the other two points that I also can see, or other two themes that I can see with Sagittarius season, is that because of Jupiter, so we, inco- we uncovered the expansive mindset of the centaur and the expansive mindset of what doing something new can bring. But also I feel like with Jupiter comes the health of the relationship you know um, again kind of focusing on you know I think with Jupiter it's representative of luck it's representative of great health expansive health, expansive fortune, expansive prosperity as well as expansive mindset you know everything with Jupiter just grows bigger when it, when it comes to the when, it's, when it comes to astrology. But when it comes to Sagittarius season, I feel that, um, with the Jupiter aspect, it's really the health of the relationship is this relationship in optimal health, you know, as we're going, you know, and especially, I think this kind of incorporates into the learning about different experiences, you know, you know, did this experience help us to bring us together or did this bad experience drive us apart? you know if it's driving us apart how can we fix this together you know or or also it, you know kind of seeing what works for the relationship as well too or what works for all relationships and really banking in on that and really heightening that and emphasizing that as opposed to harping and carping on what doesn't you know i feel like um the health of the relationship is really going to come into view um, and really like the health and wellness of the relationship, how is it going or how are things going in that relationship, I think will be right center, um, view and center uh, when it comes when it comes to it. And the last thing that I can really think of is, again, uh, well, you know, just when Sagittarius occurs, um, you know, the time of year, it's kind of interesting that when Sagittarius begins, we have Thanksgiving. You know, um, even though Christmas and you're like Yule, uh, and Christmas usually happen in Capricorn season, we still have Hanukkah for the Jewish communities, you know, the, the celebration of light in the Jewish communities that happens either the second week of, uh, of December or this week, it's actually happening, um, right around Yule or the, the summer or the winter solstice. So, um, That's also occurring at this time of the year. But also I feel like what else is really abundant is just the gift giving, the preparation that we kind of share in preparing for the the holiday season. You know, for obviously for Thanksgiving, the preparations are what can we give food-wise and what can we give in thanks to our family. But I think, you know, as we're going into you know, preparing for Christmas or preparing for Yule, Um, you know, some of the Capricorn seasons or holidays, we're still preparing gift giving or even into, you know, Hanukkah as well too, you know, preparing thoughtful, really well-rounded gifts for the season. So um, when it comes down to Sagittarius season, um, to me, it's no wonder with Sagittarians why they don't just hoard their knowledge or their wisdom for their, for themselves. They're really happy to share what they know with others. And, you know, you just take a look at this time of the year where we're already giving, you know, whereas other signs would hoard their knowledge for themselves and kind of keep it to themselves. You know, Sagittarius really, um, you know, kind of expands and kind of um, shares a lot with others. And I find that really within Sagittarius season, I feel like it, it'll bring a nice joy season in the relationship in the regard that while we're establishing autonomy and independence in the relationship, um, coincidentally and kind of contradictorily, contradictory, I think I use that word correctly. Um, it also emphasizes what can, what can we give in the relationship? You know, if something's not going right. What can we give to the relationship to make it better? Or what can we give to our partners to make them feel better? Or what can we give to our friends to make them feel more involved and more included in the friend group? Or what can we give just in general um, when it comes to relationships as a whole, like even familial relationships, as well as working relationships? What can we give to help others out in this this particular time? Now, um, I mentioned some of the benefits of Sagittarius season, and how it relates to relationships, but we still have two shadows. So ironically, with Sagittarius being their own autonomous spirits, being very freedom-oriented freedom and very independent, I found this to be ironic, but I can actually kind of see where it's played out. Um, sometimes like Liz Green has mentioned, they can become like a part of a groupie mentality. Like when they find a particular theory that really works for them, say there's like a cult, like following with that theory, and there's lots of people following that theory, they'll just start to automatically merge in with the mindset of that group, really not thinking very critically about it as well, which I thought was kind of ironic, but I kind of find, uh, groupthink to be one of the shadow sides of Sagittarius as well as elitism. Um, Sagittarians, yes, they can be a little elitist, especially if they found that niche or that group, um, that really encompasses what they, they feel they believe in. So I know what you guys are thinking. It's like, okay, groupthink. And elitism, how does this relate to relationships? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. Um, I would just say that if you are part, so to kind of complete my story from 2018, when I worked at the barber shop that I did, um, my manager, I did tell my manager at that time that an escape room would not be a good idea for me. And the reason being was not that I disliked my coworkers, I actually respected every one of my coworkers. Even if it was an agree to disagree, I tried to respect every single person with whom I worked with to keep the peace. But with the escape room, I am severely and deathly claustrophobic. I mean, it's it's something that started in childhood. It's just grown worse in adulthood. I'm the type that can't take an elevator up if they're, you know, like if I have an option to take the stairs as opposed to the elevator, I'll take the stairs. Even if taking the stairs means climbing up 31 flights to get to the 31st floor, I will take the stairs instead. If I have to take an elevator, I'll grip it, but it is quite a nerve wracking experience for me. So um, you can just imagine being deathly claustrophobic. Um you know, what the idea of an escape room was like for me. And like, as I told my manager and she ignored me, she said, Nope, you're obligated to come. I mean, I was the only one who was obligated to come to this event. Whereas with everyone else, they had a choice. Um, so I was obligated to come and I just remember I couldn't partake in this situation because when I did get a, you know, kind of a preview, the people who owned the escape room were nice enough to give me kind of like a preview of what would occur. I couldn't do it. I mean, it was, I'm locked in a room without windows or without doors to get out. And aside from that, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's a tight space. So it's like, if I freak out, I'm not going to be able to think, I'm not going to be able to solve any sort of puzzles or whatever the group needs of me. I mention this example again, because I feel like this is an example of Sagittarian elitism, where it's like, ooh, the group loves an, an escape room. So we're going to go for an escape room. Oh, sorry, Sandra, you're just going to have to deal with your claustrophobia on your own terms. We're all gung ho. We're all going to go. And I see a lot of this happening in the season where, and a lot of, especially like with friend groups or with um, working groups where, you know, like with workplace coworkers where, you know, they feel like they want to go on this particular excursion to help with teamwork and such. And, um, you know, they end up leaving somebody out of the group. So I feel like as much as this is a shadow in Sagittarian season, really making sure that you're including everybody in the group. And I also think that this extends to um, also the commit relationships. You know, it's like, hey, I want to do this. I want to, you know, go to theater of the mind. And like say that your spouse doesn't want to go to theater of the mind, that it would probably produce traumatic memories or cause, you know, adversive reactions in her. But, you know, when you kind of go into yeah, I'm just gonna we're just gonna do it, and you know you're just gonna have to deal with it. Again, what I would say is step back and find ways to include your partner in the experience. Find ways to include everybody in the new and the exciting and the novel experiences that everybody has. You know, say somebody is afraid of heights in your friendship group, and the rest of the friendship group wants to explore, you know uh, rock climbing. Maybe you can divide the friendship group in half and have one half do like a more milder version of rock climbing where you're not climbing so high or maybe doing something else while the other half goes rock climbing. Okay. Maybe there's something else that's much more mild and up the uh, person who's afraid of heights up their path and up their alley that uh, they can do without having too much of a, a situation going on. That can also be new, novel, and fun. You know, accommodating for everybody in the group and making sure that the group too is willing to accommodate as well when it comes to these new adventures. But on the whole, stargazers, I feel like with Sagittarius season, um, it's a really bright and kind of an optimistic season. And I feel like if, whether or not you get along with Sagittarius, uh, you know, whether you're a Virgo who does not get along with Sagittarius, or whether you're a Scorpio and you find Sagittarians to be a little too robust and a little too much for you, or they're not deep enough, um, or whether you find yourself to be an Aries and you love Sagittarius, you love the fact that they encourage you to, you know, kind of go deep into your projects. Um, either way, whatever your sign happens to be, this is a very hopeful time of the year, and I find this is a very hopeful season for uh, couples and for relationships, especially with the shaking up of the new and really kind of experimenting, uh, you know, or just really experimenting and really just kind of seeing what else is, is in the relationship, really. I think that's really what Sagittarius season is really all about. So definitely enjoy and um, definitely, like I said, again, if you find other like new um, ideas about Sagittarius season, please definitely let me know as well. But otherwise, Stargazers, this is my show for this week. Um, I do hope that you enjoy it. I do hope that you find that it is informative. As always, do not be afraid to look up at the stars. I don't know about you, but I am not doing well with Mars Retrograde right now. Oh no, I have not been doing well with Mars Retrograde. Oh, especially since everything's been falling. Everyone's been like kind of invading my boundaries. It kind of feels like people are gung ho for accidents on the road. Yeah. I, if you're kind of like me and you're just like, God, this is an intense season. You know, the, the stars is a great break. you are looking up at the stars is a wonderful, much needed break from that. We just came out of a new moon in, in, believe it or not, in Sagittarius. And uh, these stars are very, very um, prominent in the sky as well. So that's that's always just a wonderful, wonderful sight to see. Also, looking up at the stars, we see our origins in astrology. You know, what our uh, four bears had seen within astrology when it comes to the 12 constellations, making up the 12 zodiacal signs of astrology that we know of today. So that is also another plus but above all stargazers between this week and next week as much as uh you know coming back on monday after a holiday can be a bit of a slog i do hope that i find you well please be careful out there when it comes to driving please be careful out there when it comes to any sort of accidents and people that are prone to them but above all stargazers be well be happy and until next week If you have any additional questions or comments for Sandra Misek, you can contact her at Misek.Sandra at gmail.com. At her Instagram page, at Sandra.Misek. Again, that is spelled M-I-S-E-K. You can also, for as little as $5 a month, become a member to Seventh House Astrology. When you become a member to Seventh House Astrology, you will get a free Sinistry Astrology Reading. Visit patreon.com forward slash 7th House Astrology for more details.